Blog Talk Radio. I've been trying to find you Been looking high and low Wanting you more and more To come and dirty wine yeah, yeah. I love the way you move Like how you're doing what you're doing mm-hmm. you, you got me hypnotized Got me all in my mind I'm trying not to lose it mm-hmm. Your body, body, body Drop it down low then you pick it up oh. I want it, want it, want it I want you so bad I can't get enough your body, 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 ooh, got me in my feelings Girl, you're a star, that's what you are You know, you know, you're doing something to me Got my emotions on a roller coaster ride Yeah, this thing's going on between us Something I can't Like how you're doing what you do. Like how you're doing what you do. Yeah. You, you got me hypnotized. Got me all in my mind. I'm trying not to lose it. Your body, body, body. Ooh, got me in my feelings. Girl, you're a star. That's what you are. You know, you know,
you got me hypnotized, got me all in my mind. I'm trying not to lose it. You are now tuned in to the mother uh, greatest. What's going on, y'all? How y'all doing? The ladies is back. Hey, T. Hey, Alicia girl, how you doing this Sunday evening? I am doing good. I'm doing good, girl. Doing what we do best. Glad to be back on the radio. Absolutely. We are bringing you guys a fantastic special show this Sunday evening. Now, y'all know we're not usually here on a Sunday, but this guest has to have the ladies in Let's Chat Radio doing what we do to accommodate. And I'm so excited to have him in the chat room, Leash. Absolutely. Absolutely. Open us up so we can bring him on in, see? Absolutely. For those that are joining us for the very first time, we see y'all and we welcome you. For Leisha and I, I just want y'all to know what we do here on Let's Chat. We used to celebrate literature, but now we just celebrate the dopeness of all the arts, whether it be literature, music, movies, sports, law, theater, you name it. They have all come through the doors of Let's Chat, and we love to celebrate it in a royal way, which is the only way we know how. Our show allows our guests and our audience to interact in an intimate, fun, and friendly environment. We get to hear the passion behind what it is that they do, because you never know who may be listening. You may touch them, may spark them at a time that they needed to be touched and or sparked. So we thank you for joining us once again this Sunday evening. We hope everybody is staying cool because we on the in the New York area. Girl, is smoldering outside. I'm just saying. <laughs> Child, you forget it. I live in, down in Atlanta, honey. It's been hot for like, I don't know, I think the last 30 days. I got my air on. It don't feel like I got nothing on but a box stand in the window. <laughs> I know what you mean. I know what you mean. But we are happy to be here tonight. We hope you are, and let's get it popping. Absolutely. We got the fabulous, uh-oh, I'm off my screen. We got the fabulous producer, director, and writer, Daryl T. Easley, in the building. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Hey, hey, good after- good evening. Good evening. How's everybody? <laughs> We are good. Thank you so much for joining us here tonight, Mr. Easley. Are we pronouncing it right? Because, you know, we should not get her name up. Easley. Yeah, yeah. No, no, you're fine. You're fine. Perfect. Daryl T. Easley. So thank okay. you for having me. I'm excited. <laughs> okay. Oh, oh love it. Now, you've done a lot just 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 in general in in payment. So we want you to tell us everybody a little bit about your journey. You know, we always talk about a go moment here on Let's Chat and that's where thought and execution come together. A lot of times we're really mindful how we pour into other people, how they pour into themselves. But when we deal in ourselves, we deal in lack and later. Um, I don't have time. I can't do it right now. We got to do something for somebody else uh-huh. before we do it for ourselves. Uh, so a lot of times right. our thoughts are there, our desire is there, but it doesn't come till later. Uh, so what was that point in time where your thoughts and your execution came together and you was like, I'm going to make this move into the music industry? Um, ooh, basically, um I'm an older guy. I'm in my 50s. So in 1989, I was a hip-hop artist. I was a rapper, the first rapper from Dayton to be out there on a national level. I toured the world with people like MC Hammer, Public Enemy, Too Short, NWA, groups of that nature. Um, after my hip-hop career ended, 
I released, let me see, national albums and three independent albums under my own record label. It was called Ohio Funk Entertainment back then. Um, after my hip-hop career ended, I uh, wrote a book called Almost There about my struggles going to the music industry. So a lot, you know, I've released it. Uh, you can go to Barnes & Noble and get it. It's called or online, or you can hit, hit me up in my inbox or whatever, and, and uh, I can get that to you. But the book is called Almost There. It's, I call it an uh, um, inspirational book for up-and-coming artists. A lot of times I just give it away because I want these young guys to not have to go through what I went through as far as getting screwed over in the music industry because there's so many snakes in there. And if you don't know the industry, it will eat you alive, just like in any other industry. You know, so I would tell people, you know, if you – if you're into um, publishing a book, learn how to get paid when you put your book out. You know, like me, I was in the music industry, so publishing, I was a writer, but I didn't know about publishing. And, you know, we, we can't keep um, blaming uh, the people who screw us over, you know. Yeah, of That's course, right. me personally, I wouldn't screw nobody over, but it's my fault after you know, you're supposed to learn. If you know better, you do better. You know, uh-huh, I got screwed uh-huh. over on my first album because I didn't know about publishing. You know, I was 18 years old, 19, when my album came out in 89. I didn't know about right. publishing. But then the second round, when I had another national uh, distributed album, I still didn't study the industry. I didn't uh-huh. study. And they do have books out on the music industry that you can go. Well, right now, you know, we didn't have uh, – YouTube back then, you know, to go to and just look up publishing, you know, how does publishing right. work? You know, right mm-hmm. now you have all the tools that you need. There's no way in hell you should get screwed over in anything that you do concerning your business because it's too much out here right now to just click on a link. It explains everything to you, you know. So so um, after uh, that I just put my book out explaining everything I went through in the music industry, so I became a, a, a author. After a few, after that book, I um, started getting into spoken word. You know, I was I am a spoken word artist. I go by the moniker of East Pacific as a spoken word artist. So then after that, I got into writing, to directing a guy named Frank Muhammad. He's a community theater guy around here. He said, "Hey man, I got a." a role for you if you're interested. So I went out for this role. The play was called My Sister's Keeper, and uh, I caught the acting bug. So I'm like, man, I like this acting stuff. You know, I was already a rapper, and I've done videos. So, you know, you're acting in your videos. That's why you see a whole lot of people like Ice-T and Snoop Dogg and, you know, uh, Method Man and Red Man. They put out movies because when you're doing videos, you're basically acting it out. So, you know, it, it became natural. And, um, so after I did that, I'm like, man, I did several other plays with him, uh, Get the Hell Out of My House, The Devil Came to Church One Day, um, several other plays with him. And after that, I said, you know what? After reading so many scripts, I said, you know what? I can write. I can write a script because I saw how the professionals did it. And I'm like, man, I can do that. I'm a writer. You know, once you're a writer, you're a writer, whether you write songs, whether you write rap songs, whether you write R&B songs or country songs. You're a writer, so write. So don't think your career is over just because you're done doing one thing that you love to do. Mine was hip-hop. After that, I was like, I don't want to be a 50-year-old rapper, 40-year-old rapper, Mm -hmm. or even 30-year-old rapper back then. So I just kept writing. I'm a writer. 
So I started writing and producing songs for up and coming artists. Uh, like I said, I wrote the book. Um, then I wrote a stage play. And the first stage play I wrote was called Lord, Why Do Men Cheat? You know, oh. I wanted to write something that people was going to say, I want to see that because I want to know, you know. <laughs> so I, I knew that that was always, I, I knew that that was always an age old question. Why do men cheat? What the hell? Is, why do men cheat? <laughs> so I put Lord in front of it because at the time we were doing gospel plays. That was called gospel plays back then. Now they're called inspirational plays. So I put Lord in front of Lord, why do men cheat? Because what I did was explain why men were the way they are by using some stories and scriptures from the Bible. You know, because King Solomon said, ain't nothing new under the sun. And everything we're going through right now on this earth, it's already happened. It's in a different time, good or bad, you know, from molestation to to uh, people murdering people. You know, it all uh-huh. ain't nothing new under the sun. This stuff has been happening. So I go from writing plays and writing my own plays, and then I wrote a play called um, Two Wrongs Don't Make It Right. And um, writing that play, I put it on. We, we did it regionally and got a great response from it. And I, people kept saying, man, you need to make this a movie. You need to make it a movie. So there you go. I'm like, okay, I'm a writer. I can write a movie. I'm a writer. So I write. That's what you do when you're a writer. You write. So mm-hmm. I uh, learned how to I – ca- I, I saw on Facebook – I don't know if I'm talking too long. Let me know because I'm a little long. No, not at all. <laughs> okay, not okay. at all. So, so I contacted a guy named um, John Alexander. We call him Coach. And uh, he taught me how to – write a screenplay because it's totally different. When you write a, a, a play, one way. But when you write a screenplay, it's much more detailed. It's a, it's a whole other monster. So he, I went, like I was saying earlier, learn your business. Coach John, I enrolled in his screenwriting academy. Uh, it was a six-week course, and he just taught me how to write a screenplay. He taught me how to get paid from writing a screenplay. So now I know what to do with this screenplay, how to get paid from writing finally. After learning all these years, now I know in this profession, I know how to do it and I know how to get paid from it. So uh-huh. I wrote the screenplay. Uh, we, we put it together and we shot the film last year. Two wrongs don't make it right. It's um, And that's it. That's how I went from A to B, A to Z, basically. And getting from, you know, to this point to where I am now with the film. You know, I got the cast together. We got some great people in it, and and we shot it. So now we did the premiere last night, actually, at a movie theater here in Dayton, Ohio. I love it. Now, first off, first off, sir, sir, Chitty ain't old. You just want to put that on out there. That is not old. We are not old. Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> right. But now you, and I didn't you mean to interrupt so, you. I'm sorry. That's okay. 
you've done so much though and i believe in the blueprint i think that if you want to know how to do something a lot of people need a mentor you don't necessarily mean your mentor you just follow the people around you that are doing the things that you want to do that's called the blueprint um and so there's nothing that you cannot do and you are giving the example to all artists not just uh, recording artists, but all artists, that you have to expand yourself beyond that thing you originally started with. You got to have that growth, uh-huh. and you've taken it exactly. from from hip hop all the way to screenplays and movies, and that's showing the evolution evolution of. Listen, I'm I'm an artist, yes, but I'm an entertainer, and I entertain in exactly. multiple genres. Now, with all of yeah. that, how do you keep balance? You you know what's funny? <laughs> when you talk about balance, the film the film is called Two Wrongs Don't Make It Right. And the log line of the film is Two Wrongs Don't Make It Right, where friendships, relationships, and music industry hopes clash. And the reason I put that in there is because in the film, it, it's no balance. Okay, if you um say, like, Jay. I play the main character, Jay. He's a, a record producer. Everything that I was was kind of based off of my life a little bit. So I'm a music producer that wrote Golden Platinum Hits for other artists, and I'm trying to get my uh, protege off the ground, and his name is Mello. I'm trying to get him a record deal before I leave the game. I had been in the music industry 30 years, so I'm like, okay, I'm ready to leave, but I'm going to get one more hit before I leave. I'm going to help this young guy out and make him a household name, get him a record deal before I leave the industry. And where the uh, relationship part comes in of the long line is that spending, I got a, I got a wife named Crystal. She got money, cars, jewelry, houses, everything a woman could ever want she has. But I'm spending so much time in the studio, I'm neglecting her. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So there's no balance there, and because there's no balance there, you know, you're tired of sitting in the house alone. Yeah, you got money, but money don't make you happy. Money don't make you happy. Of course, you want it, but it don't make you happy. If you're married, mm-hmm. you want that time with your husband. Even if you're not married, you got a boyfriend. Women want that time. They want to spend time with their man. Right. Men are so caught up into making that dollar. You know, we got to make this money first, you know. Girl, I gave you everything you need. You got jewelry. You got cars to drive. You got you live in a mansion. What else you want? That time. Mm-hmm. And if you're not putting that time in, you so therefore she does some things because of that. That led her to do some things to Jay because she didn't have that quality time with him. So right. Jay didn't separate the two. So that was a great question you asked me about how do you separate things that led right into that because Jay didn't separate the two. On the other hand, my protege, his girlfriend didn't thought he was wasting his time in the studio. She didn't support mm-hmm. his dream. And so some things happened there in that relationship because she wasn't supportive of her man. She didn't support his dreams. Instead of saying, baby, you got this. Oh, I love that song. She was always criticizing. You're in the studio. I don't know why you're in there that long. Ain't nothing going to come from it anyway. You know, just shooting him down. Instead of building mm-hmm. him up, sometimes we tend to shoot shoot down your, your, your. And it goes, everything I'm saying goes both ways. 
right. it from a man's point of view, but it goes both ways. I'm sure you guys may, you guys are in the radio. I don't know what you was doing before this, but maybe y'all been in some relationships before where your man didn't support your goals and dreams. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So mm-hmm. I, I mean, I don't know. I'm not. It's just a question. But everybody's been through it in some form or fashion. You don't have to be in the music industry for this to happen to you. You could just. I, I know. At one time, my first marriage, I worked so much. She complained about me being at work all the time. Mm-hmm. On the streets, but at work. Bills. You don't have. I'm, and, and I didn't. My wife didn't have to pay bills. I was taking care of all the bills. But once again, that's the man's thinking. Don't worry about him paying all the damn bills. I'm working every day. I'm working hard so you can have, have, have. And I got to come home and argue because I'm working. Right. Studio, this was when I was working at General Motors. (laughs) So it was just, you know, it was needed. I was paying child support at the time. I had to work, work, work. Mm-hmm. Argued about me working a regular job. So imagine what would have happened if she was there when I was in the studio 12 hours a day, you know, trying to make right. a big hit to be able to afford some things, you know. So mm-hmm. so that's what mm-hmm. the movie's about, relationships, uh, friendships. And then the friendship part, you have some envy from friends when you're in the music industry or not even in the music industry. When you're doing something that one of your friends is – she might not be happy with her own life. So when you're looking like you're shining, you know, that jealousy comes into play. And I'm sure mm-hmm. y'all can do that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, girl, that ain't this. You know, it's all Debbie Downer all the damn time because she's not mm-hmm. doing what she's – she's not going after her goals and dreams. So mm-hmm. she's been a Debbie Downer to you guys. Oh, y'all on the radio. Oh, yeah, that ain't nothing. I don't see what y'all get out of that. You know, you got to hear stuff like that. So friendship-wise mm-hmm. – the envy comes in, and and you know that envious man, a person can bring you down, especially somebody that's supposed to be a close friend. You know, when you need people to to be there by your side and support you, and they don't, sometimes it could kill a dream, especially family members. If they don't believe in your dream, sometimes we just give up. You know, instead of fighting, we give up sometimes. So that's right. what the film is about. You're dealing with a man who's purpose. Absolutely. And, you know, I saw something on, um, I think it was TikTok, where it says that um, the guy was doing an interview, and he said, when you're dealing with a man that's purposeful or and that has a vision, uh-huh. um, you're not really the priority. That vision is the priority. Um, what they normally yes. need from their woman is for her to uh-huh. show him who he is when that journey gets rough. That's that's his his soft right. spot, his, his landing spot. Exactly. But the thing is that um, a lot of times when we get married, we don't marry with the right intent in place. We don't have uh-huh. right. uh, intent and purpose in that because when you're you're married, you're actually a weapon, and we don't function like uh-huh. that, especially in our community. And so it's always hard being right. a creative and being with somebody that's not a creative because if they don't see your vision and they don't see you, it's going to be hard for that thing to move around. Um, but it's exactly. always good to have that person that supports you uh, and your drive uh-huh. and, and knows that, you know, your your vision is one thing. It doesn't mean that you don't love them. It means that this is this is what 
this is our thing. This is what I want to do because it makes me feel like I'm doing what God has placed me here to do. Exactly. Exactly. Now, who is you, your biggest? 100%. Go ahead. Okay, I was going to say you're 100% right on that because, like I said, I've been in situations to where um, I would tell myself, okay, I, I'm, I'm done with music or I'm done in the entertainment business, you know, and then all of a sudden, if you're a creative person, that creativeness never leaves you. It never leaves you. So uh, being like with my first wife, she's like, oh, you ought to just – you too old to be rapping now. And I think that's what made me, I wanted to go, okay, yeah, you're right. Let me stop, you know, this and that. But then something will come, and it is real creative, and I'll get right back on it. And it's like she didn't understand that. But one thing I will say is that when you're a creative person, whatever you are is just who you are. And if they don't understand who you are, and it goes both ways, both ways. You know, you have some women that, that, that work jobs and, and CEOs of companies, and their husbands don't get it, you know, don't get the time that they have to put in. But then on the flip side of that, a lot of times with, with women, they feel like us as men don't have feelings sometimes. And that's the worst thing when you have a woman that, that makes you feel like you don't have feelings. You know, we do. You know, yeah, we hard on the inside. We strong, you know, physically. But mentally, we still want the same love that you women want. We want to come home if we had a bad day to a all baby to get better, you know. But a lot of times if you're in a relationship and you don't get that, yeah, it, it can mess up your relationship, just like you said, you know. you got to have that balance, and you need, uh, and like the quote you said, you need a woman in your corner just like the woman will need a man in the corner, not to down them for what they're doing. But like I said, I had to realize that this is just who I am. You're in a relationship, you have to, yes, you still have to give that. You have to separate the two. You have to have time for the studio, and you have to have time for your relationship. And mm-hmm. it can be done. You know why? Because they say you make time for what you want. Mm-hmm. You make time for what you want. So you can do it. Choose to do it. Choices in this world. You have a right, right to choose your 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 uh, career or your woman. You shouldn't have to choose your woman over your career or your career over your woman. You should get to the point to where you can balance it out. One thing I learned about women, women don't need a lot. They don't need a lot. Some women, a, a woman don't need a dozen roses. One rose is sufficient enough to a woman because it shows your love. Woman, one rose, and she'll be just as happy as if she had a dozen. And uh-huh. if you know the other part of your question, um, if you notice that a lot of people date people depending on what they're doing in their career. A lot of movie stars, uh-huh. who do they date? Movie star, most movie of them. Stars. Other movie stars. Mm-hmm. You know, music industry, they date other music people because they. Ha- Understand, you know what I mean? Hey, baby, I'm doing this movie. I'm going to Israel. I'm gonna be in Israel for three months. Tell that to your regular woman who's not in the three months. Yeah, you mean three three months? You're gonna be gone for three months? You know, you might make three million dollars, but for three months, 
Mm-hmm. And in the industry, she won't understand that. So they date people that's in the same business as them because if you had a, if you were after you were dating the actress, hey baby, I got to go to Japan for four or five months to do this film. He understands because he's in the same industry as she is, but that's mm-hmm. not always the case. So true. So true. This is Tony Darrell. I just want to say, you know, you, you bring up so many valid points. And I just want to add, um, as far as, you know, being equally yoked pretty much is what we're discussing right now. Exactly. But when you, right. But when you bring along that significant other and you make a point, you each make a point of understanding the journeys that you each want to take, whether it be together or separately, as long as that understanding is there and, and, and you uh-huh. know beforehand what can possibly be expected, I just think right. that, that, you know, that partner should be all in on that other person's journey, that other person's right. desire, that other person's, yeah. you know, what they want. And if it's not the case, then they're not the case. Then that's not something that's right. going to last long. You know, you have to be for exactly. each other, whether you be together or if you go away for three months. You know, that's part of where the two of you are trying to end up. Mm-hmm. That's just my, you know, that's my, that's how I see it. You know, you have to be you able to take right. the rocky road. You have to take that rocky road because no journey is smooth. Every journey that a right. person takes have those bumps in the road, so to say. Uh-huh. Yeah. And that's just regular relationships as well, like you said. But you said it from the very beginning of this, communication is key. You have Mm -hmm. to get an understanding. See, people date, and you you can date somebody for five years, know them, Mm know them, you know? Right. Five years and not know them, know them. You have to talk about, you, you have to communicate the do's and don'ts. You know, you have to communicate the understandings. And that will help mm-hmm. out a whole lot better than just saying, you know what I do. This is what I do. If you don't like it, then leave. Or, you know, blah, 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 blah. You know, and then that's where the arguments come in. And that's in anything. The do's and don'ts. You know, you have to have that communication with one another to get that understanding. But like I said, one thing I had to understand is that at the end of the day, you know, you, you make time for what's important. Yeah. You make it more time for your career other than your woman, then she feels unappreciated or she feels like she's not important. And that's not uh-huh. a good thing. But you ha- and that's something we just, we just have to do. We have to make time for what we want. Right. Make, you have to balance. You have to balance everything. If you're a mom, you have to balance being a mother. You have to balance going to work. You have to balance cooking food for your husband, doing your, your wifely duty. You have to have balance. Thing I can say exactly. about men, we we don't have that balance like we we don't balance like women do. Yes, men, I'm saying this because I'm a man. We don't have the <laughs> same balance as a woman. Women know mm-hmm. how to balance. It's just in y'all. Yeah, I don't know if it's mm-hmm. because they're having babies and, and you you balance. You know, you can have <laughs> one woman can be single with five kids and balance her life. Mhm. It's that innate ability to do those. Yeah, yeah, y'all have that ability. You can balance. You know how to balance your lives out better than us men do. 
And I'm not going to say all men. I don't want all men get mad at me. But most women know how to balance. And like I said, men just concentrate on getting the bag. So, I mean, a good man is concentrating on getting the bag. Why? It's just not for him so that he can take care of his family the way he needs to. You know, and I don't know if y'all remember how, like, Steve Harvey in his book was saying men are so on getting the money because that's what makes us comfortable. You know, our bank account makes us comfortable. We don't have to be rich, but it makes us comfortable. It makes us want to be able to take care of your woman. We're not just doing it for us. If if you have a family, you're doing it to be able to to satisfy your family and feed your family as well as your woman. You want to be able to pay. Mm-hmm. A good man wants to pay all the bills. Mm-hmm. And a good man. Right. A man, if he's married, he wants to be able to get his wife anything she wants. He wants to be able to pay all the bills and say, baby, you just keep your money. Save your money for our vacations or something. You know, he don't. he's not saying don't work. He wants his woman to work, but he, a good man wants to be able to sacrifice for his family and take care of his kids and take care of his Mm -hmm. wife to where she don't want to have to have none. So when he's in the studio doing all this work or acting, doing all this work, hopefully he's not doing it for just his self-gratification. Hopefully he's doing it for his family. And if, if he's not, if he don't have the money he needs to take care of his wife, he feel less of a man. Uh In that position. I've been married uh-huh. to where I had friends. Now, I worked at General Motors. I had five kids. So guess what? I had five kids, four baby mothers. So y'all know what I was doing. Uh-huh. And a lot of child support. <laughs> Never ran for my responsibility. I paid child support. But my woman at the time, my wife at the time, was like, we had friends. Now, listen to this. We had friends. I had a friend that was an ex-drug dealer, a lot of money. Wife was the doctor. General mm-hmm. Motors and child support for five kids, and she worked in the healthcare field. But mm-hmm. she wanted us to be able to do the things that they were doing. Uh-huh. I, I told her, I'm not a drug dealer. <laughs> you know, I can't just up and take you to Hawaii whenever you want to go. But guess what? Guess what? She made me feel less of a man because I couldn't do those things for her. At right. that moment, and I think up, that 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 can be detrimental to the relationship. I'm sorry, I try to remember who's saying this is Tony because we sound so much alike. But that in and of itself can be detrimental to a, a, a relationship, whether it be married or not. And you bring up some key points, Daryl. And I think just like you said, women have this innate ability to balance. I feel that men have this innate ability to provide, and I feel that that's – I'm just basing it on my personal opinion, my personal relationship with my husband. You know, that's something that a man feels responsible for. He feels responsible for his family. And his first and foremost um, desire is to make sure that that family is provided for, you know, and that woman that is connected with that man has to understand Okay, you have a man that's providing for your family. You have a man that's paying the bills, as you say, for the family. Now, mm-hmm. what do yeah. you bring to that relationship that can enhance what that man is providing for his family? 
You know, you have to be able to balance everything. You have to be able to see the whole picture. And whether the two of you are on the same page or not, an understanding has to be implemented into the relationship to understand what, what are we bringing? What are you bringing to the table? What are you bringing to the table? What is, what is, what exactly. do we want to get up from the table and have our bellies filled with, you know, right. and, and putting it in a, 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 a table term, what, what are we, what are we working towards? You know, are we working towards the same goal? Is this something that, is this the same thing that we want together? So I hear you and what you're saying, and you're making key points, but not everybody is on the same page. Right. And I think that goes back to what I said originally. When you get married or come into a relationship and you don't do it with the right intent and purpose, meaning mm-hmm. everybody has that preset expectation of what a marriage should look like, first of all. Mm-hmm. Every mm-hmm. Um, marriage is, is not going to be the same. Like everybody right. see uh, when Gucci Man went to jail and, and he came home and he right. had or had, had all, but they didn't see the fact that he gave her $2 million. You know what I'm saying? He he put right, her in right, position, right. and that is what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to put each other in position to do the things that God has spoken to us to do, not what you want right. him to do or you want her to do, because a lot of times everybody's vision for each other is different, you know, mm-hmm. based on what they want personally, and that's not how that's supposed to be. And mm-hmm. Right. When it comes down to it, if you marry a man with money, he's going to want something different than a man that does not have money. Um, Iman right. Shumper, I did an interview, and he was like, a man with money, the, the, the value in that is that we already have it. So we don't need right. the money. And uh, the other thing right. is making sure that we're using the right the right words because when you say come to the table, we have to stop thinking on a basic level. Like what are you bringing to the table? A lot of right, people right. think of, of, of that as, okay, well, how much do you have? What do you bring into the table? Because a woman can say, well, I am the table, because she's bringing some skills right. <laughs> and gifts that a man does not mm-hmm. possess. But if mm-hmm. you, right, right. Uh, who is that, the, um, the uh, actor that plays Little Murder on P-Valley, he talked about his wife. Oh, he yeah. said, listen, my wife put me on. She told me what I was supposed to be looking for and what I needed to do to to get my career moving. And, you know, and, uh, and Papoose, when you hear him talk about Remy Ma, they talk about their wife like, listen, that she bought something to me that I didn't have that made me know mm-hmm. who I was. And when mm-hmm. I didn't have on, her, can I, can that I, was can a I problem. Can I, can I stop you for a minute? Uh, I'm sorry, I have to say this. So I watch P-Valley. So you telling me murder is married in real life? He Little married murder. with kids. He's married with kids. Woo. I was, you know, the role <laughs> he's playing, I'm like, he got to be like that for real. But he <laughs> must just be a good saying. actor because, <laughs> wow, I, I, he's married? Mm-hmm. I'm sorry to interrupt you, but I'm like, wow. He's, I had to say, he's really like that for real. He's got to be. But he's married? Oh, wow. Okay, he's I'm married. Sorry. Go ahead. Keep yeah. Going. But he talked about his wife. He was like, my oh. wife told me if I wanted to make it in this industry, she just laid it out, you know, on, on being successful. She gave him things that he needed as a man 
to know who he was right. and be able to do the, the things that he was purposeful to do. Um, but when, like T said, when you married, y'all have, a, have to have a purpose. Some people just get married for security, which we have that right, thinking exactly. from when we grew up that a man provides security. First of all, you got to have be secure already because that man may not be right. secure. Most men are broken. Most right. men, when you ask them where you where do they see themselves, what is their vision, they don't right. have no vision because nobody talks to them right. about having a vision. They don't have a clue. And sometimes the man will be jealous of the woman that does have the vision because it's like, dang, yeah. I'm working and I'm doing this, and then she out here doing that because she has a vision and you don't. It's not her fault. That is your fault. Right, right. But mm-hmm. I think we you have know, we as a people exactly have to start right. re- deprogramming ourselves and having that mm-hmm. understanding when we come into these relationships that listen, a rich person's relationship and a person in the middle class and a poor person's relationship is two different things, you know. And yeah. struggle love is not love. We listen to music. Music lets us feel. It makes us feel different things, but it says, oh, struggle love is a good thing. You know, this is what we know, honey. I don't want no parts of it. No, thank you. <laughs> I'll pass <laughs> because of things that I want to do. So if you're struggling, there's nothing we could do because I don't have time to sit there right. and wait for you to, 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 first of all, find yourself and know yourself and know God and be able. I don't have time. At 40 I need you years to already old. at forty years old. I need you to already know that right. you got a vision and a purpose in this world. Right, right. <laughs> I, somebody That's told that. me this the other day, and I, and it's true. If you think about it, this guy told me, man, money is only important to those that don't have it. That's true. I was Ooh. like, yeah. That money is only important to those that don't have it. And if you think about it, I mean, of course, we would rather have money than not have money. People say, well, money don't make you happy. It don't make you happy, but I'd rather be unhappy with money than unhappy and broke. It's a different feeling. You know what I mean? <laughs> and it's different kind of issues. It's different. So it's, it's, different, it's different struggles at that point. And, and you can have money yes. and be comfortable. You can have money and be overly comfortable and be able to do whatever it is that you want to do financially and have that financial freedom. Right. And then you have those that right. don't. But you still got to understand that, shoot, money is not the problem. It's the person with the money that's the problem. Yes, yes. You're right. And how you use right. the money as well. <laughs> exactly. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly now, you right. just had, exactly you just right. came off the first night, uh, last night. Uh-huh. How was that? Tell us how that was. How do you feel? Okay. I'm going I'm to be honest with y'all. You know, I'm going to be honest. Okay. So, I was all good and ready to put this film out. You know, we had the premiere. We hyped it up. Everything was going great. And then, like, I had to learn how, I just learned how to edit. I knew how to write. I knew how to direct. But I didn't know how to edit a film. Um, one of the guys who was shooting the film that was behind the camera, he was shooting. But once I finally seen all the footage, it was so many mistakes in there that I could see. Now, uh-huh. to the regular person who's not a director or whatever, he, he It might go over their head, you know what I mean? But it was yeah. so much stuff that I saw that I was not happy with. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I mean, it was exciting to see it on a big screen finally, 
But watching it, I saw so many mistakes. I don't know. Have you ever done something, and when you completed it, you look at it and be like, oh, damn, I could have did this better. I could have did this that way. After you complete it, you see all the stuff you could have done better. Absolutely. Absolutely. so So the premiere was good. Everybody enjoyed it. But I wasn't happy with myself. I, I wasn't happy. And after the premiere was over, people stood up and clapped. And I stopped them. I said, nah, nah. And they were looking at me like, dude, what's wrong? I said, I'm sorry. I said that that was unacceptable. I mean, the sound mm-hmm. in the, in the um, theater we were in, called the Plaza Theater in Miamisburg, Ohio, it's a very nice theater. But all the speakers on the walls, for the surround sound didn't work. All the sound was coming from these speakers from the front of the stage, so it sounded muffled, you know. And I know it was sometimes it was hard for me to hear it, so I know it was hard for them to hear. You know, some mm-hmm. people, because they're your friends, they're going to tell you, oh, man, that was good, man. Good job. It was awesome. They're going to tell you. You know, they're going to go outside and say, man, I couldn't hardly hear that shit, you know. Excuse my lady. I couldn't right. hardly hear that, you know. But right. I knew it. I knew it didn't sound right. I knew the mistakes that I saw when I had it on a small screen editing. When it got to a big screen, the problem just became bigger. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. So it was uh-huh. like I saw all the mistakes that I saw during editing. But have you ever talked yourself into something where you knew it really wasn't right? You know how people do the Bible sometimes? Oh, well, God said don't do this. But he okay because he knows my heart. You know what I mean? <laughs> no, mm-hmm. if you say don't do it, don't do it. You know, don't say he knows your heart. That ain't what it says. <laughs> say don't do it, you know. <laughs> so I had a scene. It was a real detrimental scene. I, I get shot in the film. I'm laying there. My best friend is standing over my body crying. But when they come in the, in the studio and see me on the ground, I see somebody who's not supposed to be in the scene sitting up on these steps. He's just sitting there. Mm. And I'm like, mm-hmm. ah, why is he sitting? You know, he thought he was out of the way. But right. the guy with the camera didn't catch that. Right. So you know what I told myself? Oh, well, you know, he could have been, uh, he could have found my body first. So he called them to come and see me. You know, so that's why mm-hmm. he's sitting up there. You know, I'm starting to talk myself into some BS, really. You know what I mean? I'm trying to come mm-hmm. up with excuses for why somebody's in a scene that ain't supposed to be in the scene, you know? Right. So right. I, I, I'm just being honest with y'all. I love this show. I'm just being real. I wasn't satisfied. The actors, actresses, they were happy. But I'm going to tell you, before I got the call from you guys, a guy named Sylvester, and he's from Atlanta, he called me. But guess what? He's a director, right? He shoots films. You know what he saw? Everything that I did wrong, he saw it. Huh. He saw every mistake, and he was telling me. And I was like, I knew you would see that because it's what he do. If you don't do that, if you're not behind the camera, you're, you, you're not going to see what a, a, a director sees. Uh-huh. So the people but, was happy about it yesterday. I'm sorry, uh-huh. go ahead. No, go ahead. No. Okay. Yeah, so, you know, it's like, if you know there's something wrong, but other people don't, sometimes we tend to say, oh, well, I'm going to let it roll. They didn't catch it. You know what I mean? And it happens to the best of us. So 
that was the premiere, but to me it was more like a preview. View it. I had an opportunity to see what parts they loved, what mm-hmm. parts that made them cry, what parts that made them laugh the hardest. So it was a must that it went down like this because I'm able to see what I can use and what I can change. You see what I'm saying? So that was Absolutely. the blessing behind it. But I'm going to go, and I told them, hey, I'm going to go back to the studio and I'm going to re-edit this because it has to be right. I, it is, you know, you're, you're, I don't want my first opportunity of shooting my first film to just be so-so because sometimes when I tell people what I'm telling you guys, you know what they say? Oh, well, this is your first time. That don't mean it's supposed to be bad. You know what I mean? Right, <laughs> because right, my exactly. Film, I want it to be great. I want it to be great. I don't want him mm-hmm. to say, well, it was his first film. He made a lot of mistakes, but it was his first film. No, that don't sit well with me. Don't ever sit back and be comfortable with yourself when you know you can do better. I know mm-hmm. I can do better, so I'm going to do better. I don't care if nobody mm-hmm. caught the mistakes, but like I said, some people caught them and didn't say nothing, but the director called mm-hmm. me. He saw every mistake that I saw. Oh. And it happens to, I, I'm going to say this. Okay, Tyler Perry, right? You know how great he is, right? Do you right. guys remember his movie where, where I can't remember the name of it, but I had Felicia Rashad in it recently. And um, he had a lot of people was talking about the wigs that they had on and stuff. It was going uh-huh. all over Facebook. And they were talking uh-huh. about, oh, that wig is jacked up. And it was a part where they were in the diner. And I guess because I'm a director, I see stuff like this. But it was just so open that I don't know how everybody didn't see it. He had a scene where they were in a diner eating. And they had people in there eating around them. Yeah, and the person right behind, yeah, The person right behind them, was. he had a plate full of, looked like cheese, eggs, or whatever. He would stick his fork down there and put it in his mouth, and it would be nothing on the fork. And then he would pick this glass up and pour it, but it wasn't nothing in the cup. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And then uh, the one lady got out to bed. She heard a noise. She got out to bed. She put on some white slippers and started walking down the hall. Then when they shown the front angle of her, she didn't have any shoes on. So it was uh-huh. small things, but it was things that you could see was wrong. Absolutely. Right. And I just and, I- and he's he's one of he's. Go ahead. He's great, but look, you know, it happens. Go ahead. I'm sorry. It does. Mm-hmm. It, it, it does happen. But this is the thing with that, uh, and authors do it. You know, they experience this as well in the yeah. book. Uh-huh. Uh, but when people are writing for you, like when they are literally uh-huh. there genuinely for you, they those uh-huh. things may be there, but sometimes they don't see them. They're seeing uh, what you want it to look like, like that energy you right. put out right. on it. That's what people are seeing. Uh-huh. And so you let them clap for you because they are proud, they're excited, and they enjoy the vision that you have. Because when when we create right. stuff, we have a vision uh, for what we want uh-huh. it to, to look like, right? And mm-hmm. those people around mm-hmm. us who support us, they're seeing that thing. Now, even like right. even like when we are reviewing a book, right? If I'm really critical of a book and yeah. I'm looking at the mistakes and I'm looking at this, uh-huh. and I'm, I'm really not into the storyline. 
If I'm into right. a storyline, that author can write two words on the pack, the back of a paper sack. And I'm like, y'all, did y'all see that? That was good, wasn't it? That wasn't it. It could have been right, so right, right, wrong, right. upside down. <laughs> but you're excited because you are really, really into their craft and their vision. And you are, it's, it's that energy that you have that drives yeah, people in. I understand that. And so you got to let people clap for you. Even though you see the certain things, you fix those things. You yeah. correct those things. Absolutely. When people give you right. their feedback, absolutely. But don't right. let, don't stop people from clapping for you. Because yeah. that, 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 you know is, some... that, that's their blessing. They're blessing you. So don't take right. away their right. ability to bless you. Go ahead, see, I'm yeah. sorry. Now, no problem. Yeah. Now, Daryl, here on Let's Chat, Alicia and I, we always, we bring it and we try to convey every angle. And I'm going to take it at a different angle. And I love and appreciate what Alicia said because that's so important. But what uh-huh. I hear Daryl saying is that just like he went from hip-hop in the 1980s to albums to the spoken word to scripts and, and his first script, it's a business, so you want to learn as you go. You want to mm-hmm. make sure you perfect each each level that you accomplish. Right. You want to see perfection mm-hmm. as close to it as possible. So Absolutely. you see those errors, you see those mistakes, and you those right. those are the things that you're focused on that you want to make better. Because in making them better, you make yourself better for the next project exactly. that you undertake. So you know you have to take all that everything Alicia said and what I say and how you feel uh-huh. and you put that all and mix it all together and the next project that you partake of is going to be the outcome of all of those mixing together, if, right. if, if that makes sense. <laughs> it makes a whole lot of sense and I appreciate that because, like I said, I learned a whole, whole lot. Like mm-hmm. I said, I know the good thing about being a director and the executive producer of your own stuff is I'm not going to wait until the next process, the next project. You know what I mean? I was about because to say, because don't you have other right cities? <laughs> you got other city. But I'm saying you have other cities. So each city is going to be able to experience a new level of of your brilliance. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. You're learning yeah. something right yeah. now, yeah. right? Everything that you've learned in the right. last 24 hours, you're implementing. So that means the people in the next city, they're going to experience that. Uh-huh. And when you look at that, uh-huh. you're going to see some stuff. You're going to see some stuff you might have missed. And then the next city, they're going to experience what you learned from the first two cities. And exactly. it's going to improve. <laughs> now, this is the thing. Right. A lot of right. people feel like, oh, okay, well, and they just keep it going, like you were saying. And they don't have any right. growth in that. But not only are they experiencing you putting your vision in motion, they're experiencing uh-huh. you, uh, your growth through your process. Because those same uh-huh. people that saw it, that saw it here, they're like, okay, uh-huh. well, I got my ticket already. I'm going to support him down in Atlanta. I'm going to support him here. I'm going. Right. So now when they see it, they're like, right. ooh, you know what? I did go to the first one, but this one was so much better. I don't know what it was. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Exactly. But yes. They, Experience your growth as a creator, but don't let them don't right. tell them right. not to clap for you because that is their, that is their blessing. You know, they're they're blessing yeah, you. Yeah, you're right. Because they're they're seeing right. you move, and it's a lot of times exactly. we see right. people around us. Um, you're actually a blueprint. 
you're a blueprint to other creatives that want to go into to the to the industry and they want to have no. films and plays and so you're their blueprint mm-hmm. and people are seeing how you moving how you saying no this is not right I'm going to make it right before my next one right. which is in right. the next 48 hours by the time the next 48 right. hours they're like uh uh-uh. uh you're teaching people take care of stuff right now and then when it happens right. 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 the next time right. it's on point and they're going to appreciate you right. as a creator as a producer and as a director, they're going to appreciate those those skills that you possess. Yeah. It's all a process. Well, I appreciate the love, man. That's real talk. That's real talk, and I appreciate that. But, you know, you're always harder on yourself. You're your own oh, biggest, yeah. worst, biggest critic. You know what I mean? That's oh, like, yeah. put, okay, who's the, who's the author on here? Who's the author? I am. But don't okay. don't let T play. That's don't like let you. T play. T T is the editor, but she got a good, she got a pen on her. She just won't let it come out to okay. play. But continue. Right. <laughs> okay. So so that's like you writing a book, right? And you see mistakes. You see words spelled wrong. You see commas somewhere where they don't belong. You see question marks mm-hmm. where they where don't need to be one, and you let it ride. You wouldn't. You couldn't be. Mm. You wouldn't be happy. You wouldn't be happy like that, would you? Mm-hmm. If you know, I mean, I, I I wrote a book too. I wrote a book too, but I read that book five, six times to make sure everything was right. But as soon as it get published, you read it and find something wrong. Like, ah, oh, damn, I didn't see that. <laughs> I would let other people mm-hmm. read it because you know you can look at something so much and you just overlook things. Like you say, you might get into the story and you overlook the mistakes. But you uh-huh. would look it over a hundred times before you send it to press. And then when you get it back, as soon as you read it, you see something wrong. You go, ah, man, you know. But if you could prevent that, you would prevent it. Because if you just let it slide, you wouldn't, you wouldn't be comfortable. You wouldn't be happy about it. A hundred percent happy. Put it like Absolutely. that. I was happy about the film. Yeah, okay. I, I was happy about the film. I was happy that it gave people what I wanted them to get out of it. But deep down in my heart, I wasn't happy for myself because I know I can do better, and I'm going to do better. Mm-hmm. I appreciate Absolutely. the love y'all saying. Y'all are 100% right, too. You know, I stopped mm-hmm. them from clapping, but when I let them know, hey, I'm going to make y'all proud of me, that's why I want to make sure it's right. They still mm-hmm. gave me a standing ovation, you know, because I was real. I was real with Absolutely. them. Hey, man, I'm sorry. Oh, uh, yeah. You know, it was it was. To me, I'm not happy with it. I got to get back in the studio. I got to get back to editing. I want to make it right because I want y'all to be proud of it. So they was, you know, they accepted it. So, mm-hmm. but and you're right because now I know, after this first film, the second one, I know what to do, what not to do, how to do it. Mm-hmm. This movie will be done in two weeks because I know what to look for. I wouldn't be no mistakes. You spend hours editing because you run up on all these mistakes, and when you don't mm-hmm. have enough footage. You have to kind of work around it, you know. So it's yeah. like, ah, oh, man, I got to do this. So next time I, I, I learn from this one, I know. And the, the, I'm going to tell you, the guy that shot it used three different cameras, right? I don't know if y'all know about mm-hmm. film, but when you use black magic camera, the footage is dark. It's a little darker. Mm-hmm. But when you use a GoPro, it's lighter. And he used another camera, a pocket camera something. He used three cameras to shoot it, and it gave it three different colors. Mm. So I had wow. to do color correction 
to match the colors. I'm thinking like to the one you wanted. You use three different. Yes. So when mm-hmm. I have one scene that's kind of bright, and then the best scene was from the black black magic camera. I wanted to use that, so when I put that in, the scene will be light, but then it'll go dark because I wanted that scene. I mean, the color correction fixes it a little bit to where it's not really mm-hmm. noticeable, but I guess I knew it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's like I knew it. I'm not, I, I mean, we all want whatever we do to be perfect. It's not going to ever be perfect. But right. when, you know, when you know it's there, it's just like, ah, it's there. I see it. I see it. So if I see it, I feel like the world can see it. And it's like, I just have to fix it. I have to fix it. <laughs> but sometimes what we see at the, on the big screen is not necessarily what the people behind the scenes or the people behind the cameras are trying to right. project. You know, we just see right. right. the projection, the whole and what we see, like Lisa said, is something that we we enjoy, but that's not necessarily what you wanted your audience to actually see. So it's all subjective, actually, you know, on what right. you want to see and what we as the audience see, and it's all subjective. And sometimes those sub- subjectivities can come together and, and still see something that's beautiful. Right, 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 right. 100% right. I appreciate mm-hmm. that. I got to get out of my own way. <laughs> Say that again? I said we try to look at all sides here. Yeah, yeah, you have to. You have to. Like you said, I, I'm just my own worst critic. You know, whatever you write, some of you, you know, you, you hope people can, you know, our job is to, to entertain them with whatever we do, whether it's a book or whether it's a play or a film. We want them to be entertained, you know. All the parts where I wanted them to laugh, they laughed. All the parts that I wanted to touch their heart, it did. It worked, you know. So a lot, a lot of good came out of it as well. A lot of good came out of it. So, but like I said, the next time, you know why? A lot of times they look at directors like buttholes. Oh, he's a jerk, you know. But I know why now because they know what they need on that camera. If you're not in the scene. You don't even need to be in this room. You know what I mean? Right. right. Mm-hmm. You come right. when it's your time. But, see, I was so lenient because I was just cool with everybody. You know, some mm-hmm. people didn't shoot till the next day. But guess what? They were on set. I allowed them mm-hmm. to be on set. They didn't even have to okay. be there. And, those, and right. one of the persons who wasn't even supposed to be there is one of the people that was in the scene that they weren't supposed to be in. So that's oh, my fault. And that's why I say, you know what? Now I know. White directors say, look, if you ain't in the scene, don't even come in here, <laughs> you know. Don't even be nowhere around here. You know, trying to be nice and let everybody, man, I've never been on a movie set. Can I just watch? Oh, sure, no problem. But now I know, <laughs> hell no, get out. <laughs> you watch it when it come out. <laughs> but you get know what, that's part of the, the, way, part of the learning process. Again. But that's all exactly. part of the learning exactly. process to make you greater than you were the day before. You know what I'm saying? I think exactly. that, and that's yes, just being yes. transparent. I, I do a lot with authors. I do a lot in the literary world. And when I did uh-huh. uh, my first book signing, it was a little different. Um, and I have to uh-huh. had to learn to make some corrections. It's like you said, you see little things, you make those corrections. And then I did another book signing. Right. And I learned that 
I have to pick a side. If I'm doing books, I'm doing books. If I'm doing media, I'm doing media, but I can't do both. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. And so we learn, right. but we learn how to move around and, and what it's supposed to be because a lot of people will write a book and then it's like now it's, it's marketing and promotion. Okay, well, right. so that might be what you got to work on. Some people don't know that uh, you you are actually the product. You know what I'm saying? And so you are not selling just a book. You're not selling just a movie. You're selling a a brand itself. And so your um, expectation of yourself is always higher because you're like, listen, this is not just something I'm doing today. This is about to be, this is a whole brand. This is a whole, this is a whole dynasty that I'm creating. Yes. You want people to come to you and say, hey, I want you to direct my next film. But if they see mm-hmm. all the mistakes, they're not going to ask you to direct they stuff, you know. <laughs> so you're right. It, it, you're your own brand. So it has to be right. And that's why I'm so concentrating on my feelings about it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I, I know it can hinder me, too. I get it. It can hinder me, too. But I, like you said, you're your own brand. You have to take it serious. For anybody out here listening, your brand serious. Because it's your brand. When this movie come out, if it's bad, they're not going to say, uh, Joe, who did just one part in the movie, it was, it was horrible. They're going to say, Daryl T. Easley's movie sucked. You know, they're not going to put it on that person. They're going to put it on me. If, if you wrote a book and they're going to say, you did bad, you, you did wrong, you know. Just like if you run a business, if somebody works at Wendy's and, and they get bad service. Oh, Wendy sucks. They're not going to say the employee sucks. Oh, Wendy sucks, you know. And I'm saying Wendy's because the commercial is on now. So it's like <laughs> it's, it's, Wendy's <laughs> is the brand. So if the way you come across as an employee, it reflects on the company, on the business. Yeah. So if I'm going to be a director and a writer, I, I, it's going to reflect on me if it's good or bad. Nobody else. It's going to reflect solely on me. So that's why I'm so – and if you're passionate about what you're doing, you ought to have that feeling. You ought to be this way. Yeah. If mm-hmm. you're passionate about this, you have to be that way towards yourself, to be hard on yourself. You have to expect greatness from yourself. Well, who else is going to if you don't? Absolutely. Well, we so appreciate you coming to kick it with us in the chat room. You know, we like to do something fun with our guests. We like to be able to show all avenues of their greatness. Mm-hmm. So T is going to give you a fun question. I don't know what she's going to ask okay. you, but, you know, it's all T's department. <laughs> go ahead, T. All right. Let's go, T. <laughs> all right. No problem. First of all, Darryl, thank you so much for joining Lisa and I tonight. We know that you could have spent just that day either any other kind of way. And we appreciate you for spending it with us and our listening audience here on Let's Chat. And also, know that this is your home now. You know, we want to continue to see your growth. We want to continue to see what you are evolving into. So this is your home now. You're welcome back here anytime. You have something in your heart you want to share. You just let Lisa and I know, and we'll make it happen. You know, this is this is your this is your safe space. This is your this is your safe. Thank you. <laughs> we got a chair in here appreciate with your you name guys. on it. But appreciate Lisa and I, I we have a, no problem. We appreciate you even more. <clears throat> but Lisa and I here on this chat, we have a virtual garden here, and we've actually had to expand uh-huh. our real estate 
because our garden is getting uh-huh. so big with our guests adding to it. But what we want uh-huh. you to do tonight is add something to the Let's Chat virtual garden that will reflect Daryl. That was when people see, this, oh, that's him. I know he did that. You know, we have so many things in our garden. We have benches. We have rocks. We have fences. We have waterfalls. We have plants. We have trees. We have rocks. We have some of everything that reflects the guests uh-huh. that have come to the doors of our chat. What will you add okay. tonight that will reflect you? But when someone sees it, they'll know that that's our easy. That's him. I know that's him. <laughs> uh, a prayer room. Ooh. That's a, a prayer bench. room. You, you already said you have a bench, but a bench with uh, maybe an angel next to it, Oh, you know, for, for prayer, because I need a lot of prayer in getting mm-hmm. out my own way. <laughs> I need a lot of <laughs> prayer to, to keep my mind right, to do what I have to do. I know it's all, I know it don't. Maybe it don't make sense to you, but that's what came to yeah. mind, you know, come to mind for me, is a prayer area mm-hmm. with a bench hey. and an angel. It works. And, and, and two wrongs it. don't Whatever. make it right because you, cause you have to think about it. It goes with two wrongs don't make it right. When somebody mm-hmm. does you wrong, if somebody slaps you, what do you want to do? Well, slap me yeah, <laughs> It's hard to turn another cheek. Oh, yeah. So, like you say, two wrongs don't make it right. So it's like that you have to pray. You have to walk away and pray before you turn around and hurt that person and put their hands on oh, you yeah. or something like that. So, mm-hmm. so yeah, therefore, you know, when you're done wrong, like in the film, I get done wrong. I have an opportunity to do wrong, but I choose not to. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's where the two mm-hmm. wrongs don't make it right. You might think I'm going to go all the way with this part of the film and do wrong. But then when they realized what was really happening, they see I didn't let it go there. You know, it's almost like if somebody took a life of one of your loved ones and then you just go out and you, you hunt these people down, you you, you, you watch them and you, you want to kill this person. But then you uh-huh. just decide to let it go. You decide to let it go because it's not going to bring the person back, you know. It's going to get you in trouble more. So two wrongs don't make it right, you know. So mm-hmm. that prayer, the prayer garden, we'll call it the prayer garden. How about that? Mm-hmm. That works fabulously. That's our first leash. <laughs> Absolutely. That now we want a whole okay. lot of other things. <laughs> <laughs> right. Now we want you to shout out your movie where everybody can see it, what cities is going to be hitting, um, and shout out some of the uh, actors and actresses that uh, you have that are supporting this uh, play. Okay. This this is what I want to do here. Okay. So, like I said, two wrongs don't make it right. I'm going to hold it up until I get it right. So uh, right now it's not going to be shown anywhere else right now. It's not all over the world yet. I'm going to make it right. So um, when I get to that point, if you guys will let me, when I get it right, I want to – you guys will be the first people I come to get back on here and let you know, hey, I got it right. Now it's out. Now it's going to be shown here, there, and there, there, there. So, you know, awesome. hopefully I can come back and share that with you guys when I yeah. get it right because I do have to get it right, you know. And um, secondly, 
this, this may sound okay. So this is how God works. So, well, I had a lady in my film named Felicia Dorch, right? Yes, she's been on our show. Um, Felicia been on your show? Ah, uh-huh. she's been on our show. Uh huh. <laughs> wow. Okay. Felicia's in my film. So, Felicia, Coach John, I told you about, who taught me how to write screenplays. Mm-hmm. Right. Felicia Dorch, they did a podcast, and Felicia was his host. So that's how I met Felicia. Now, listen to this story. I'm saying this because it's promoting some stuff, and it's going to show you how God works. <clears throat> so, Felicia interviewed me with Coach John on their podcast. Uh, she said, well, what you got going on now? I said, hey, I'm about to write this, wrote this film called Two Owns Don't Make It Right. It was a play, but now I'm turning it into a film. She said, hey, well, I'm just getting into acting. I just did a, a movie called Fails High with a guy named Kevin, um, he was director, Kevin somebody, out of Philly. And um, Omari Hardwick is in that movie. And she was in there with him. So I said, yeah, you want to come down? I'll fly you down here, pay for your room. She said, I'm there for you. I threw her down. I gave her a role. She murdered the role, killed it. Um, and after that, I got a guy named Christopher Greer. That's, uh, he was in the play. He's in the film. Christopher and Felicia fell in love on my, the set of Two Wrongs Don't Make It Right. And they're getting married wow. in October. Go, girl! Wow. <laughs> yeah, they get married in October. So they like, man, without you doing this movie, I wouldn't have met her. We wouldn't have met So they, like, they're super in love. And here's another thing. Felicia is a great writer as well. Yeah, her she has Coach a book. John wrote a sc- her, Yeah, yeah. Her and Coach, mm-hmm. Coach John wrote a screenplay called the session. It's a hip hop horror story. And they just got funding for it. I mean, the the funding started out at twenty million. They signed that deal. They've been doing um we've been doing uh re- rehearsals, um uh Zoom rehearsals. And I wanna to apologize to you guys because I was supposed to be on here with you guys last Tuesday. But I forgot, every Monday and Tuesday, I'm supposed to be on the Zoom rehearsal because Felicia came and got me and said, man, I put that me in your movie. Now I want to return the favor. I said, well, what's that? I want you to be in session. Mm-hmm. I want you to play this alone, Shark, in, upset, in, in the movie session. I'm like, oh, okay, cool. I appreciate that. Now the funding is up to $50 million. It's going to be a huge film. We start filming in Atlanta next month. Oh, wow. Yeah, we'll be in Atlanta next month. I'm going to tell Felicia I'll talk to you guys, you know. I already, yeah, I, I tagged all because her when I, I, when I posted. I tagged her so she know. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. Yeah, so, man, they, they doing the damn thing. I'm telling you, uh, it's going. To, it's a hip-hop horror, uh, hip-hop horror story. Um it's gory. It's a real horror story. I can't tell you this mm-hmm. much. <clears throat> By being a horror story, they have three of the biggest characters from horror movies, which is Jason. He's going to be in the film. Freddy Krueger oh. is going to be in the film. And Pinhead from Hellraiser. And we oh, got wow. other oh, stars. I, I don't know if they're locked in yet, so I don't want to say their name because I don't know if they're locked in yet. But this is going to be a huge film. 
the budget is up to like $50 million. I mean, mm-hmm. it's going to be huge. Now, this film is going to be all over the world. It's going to be promoted. It's going to be a huge film. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I just wanted to say that, you know. So, like I tell people, man, treat people with respect, and it'll come back to you. You know, I treated everybody the same. I don't care if you was in a bigger movie. I have a lady, young lady in the film. Uh, her name is Sharice Eaglin. She's in, in The Shy right now. If you watch The Shy, she plays Peaches, the uh, kid's mom who was on drugs, and now she's off of drugs. She's in okay, season okay. five right now. And, uh-huh. Yeah, in like six episodes. She's got the red hair, little light skin lady. Peaches, they call her Peaches. She's in my film as well. And I didn't treat her no different than I treated Felicia. Felicia wasn't in a film like uh, in, in the shot. Of course, Sharice is a bigger name, but guess what? I treated everybody the same with respect. Mm-hmm. And look, that came right back around, and Felicia came and got me when she got something jumping off real big. So now I'm in sessions. That's going to be out soon. We're going to start filming in Atlanta next month. So be looking Absolutely. out for that. I love it. Oh, we got a hand up. Hold on. Hello? Hey, this is Les Chat. What's your name? Where are you calling from? Hi, it's Stacey Thompson Leonard. Hi, Stacey. Stacey, Stacey. Hey, Stacey. She's in the film, too. She's great. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> y'all, Stacey. Hey, girl. I'm still um, beaming off from last night. <laughs> I did, you know. Oh, y'all know man. me. Y'all I'll know let me you tell them about that. Y'all know, you know, y'all know me as a um, as a, a, a reader, an avid reader, you know, supporter, promoter. <laughs> but um, he called me because I'm from uh, Dayton, Ohio, which is you know where Daryl is from, and um, you know it's my second movie being in, and I play a whole different part. It's not a part I've ever done before. Of course, on my second, you know, time being in. And um, last night, it got great reviews. <laughs> it got very, yeah, very dear. great reviews. It was it got real mm-hmm. loud in there. So, um, yeah, when it comes down, Alicia, to Atlanta, you know, once everything gets fixed and organized, uh, you have to go down there and do the, um, you know how you do the um, in-person, like, interviews or whatever? Yeah, when I come out, yeah, yeah no problem. Yeah. Live remote. Definitely. Live remote. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So let me um let me ask you a question now. You know, I already in the film, I'm still gonna ask a question, girl. Um uh-huh. will there be a part two or have you thought about a part two to this? And yes. then the way another it, I'm sorry. The Go other ahead. question um is when it came to to the um the actors and actresses, did you um handpick them out? Or did you do a casting call? Okay. Yes, it's going to be a part two for your first question. It's going to be a part two. If you notice how I ended it with giving Mello the studio, uh-huh. the part two is going to be him running the studio now. Now he becomes me. Part two, he's going to be the one so caught up into making music that he's going to neglect his relationship now. So basically it's like me all over again, but coming uh-huh. through the eyes of the person I helped get there. You see what I'm saying? And then yeah. he's going to have to remember to basically, you know, make that time. 
and to where he's not going to make the same mistake I made. So yeah, that's I ended it that way on purpose so that it could be a part two, and he basically okay. turns into me in part two that one. Secondly, I did handpick the um, I didn't have a casting call, but because I remember I said I, it was a play at first, and I did to play. And I had already had the actors. So basically what I did was use the same actors for the movie that I had in the play, except for a few people like you and Darren Bird and a couple couple other people, you know. But what y'all brought to the table was great. It was great. Like I said, you did your thing. You know it. Like she said, the crowd was on it. She did her thing last night. Y'all going to look at her in a different way when y'all see this part we did. <laughs> but but it was necessary, and it worked. It was necessary, yeah. and it worked. So, yeah, well, I, if, I, if you, I handpicked it because the, it was. If you do the casting call for the, for, the, for, the, um, for the part two, you know, you already know uh-huh. he's going to drill up. I, I didn't do that oh, before as far as helping to run it. Yeah. Yeah, you already know. And you're doing a great job promoting this, too. So if anybody out there listening, Stacy, man, hit her up. Make sure you leave your information for them because she's a great promoter. She's a great promoter. Yeah. She's on top of it. She is on top of it. She called me. Now, you know you got to do this at this time, right? And I was like, oh, damn, I got to be on this Zoom rehearsal. And she is ready to bite my head off. But she like, you got to do this now. You can't be playing around. I done set it up. I'm like, I'm so sorry. I'll explain to him. But if I ain't on this Zoom call for sessions, I might not be in the movie no more, you know. And that night, we had to re- rearrange it to the day. And I thank you guys for allowing me to be able to come back and do it. So thank you. You are so very welcome. Uh, you I are have so one more Yes, ma'am. Okay. Um. So this is this is a question directed to uh Lisha and Tony. Now I know Okay. Yeah uh huh. Uh-huh. Yep, yep. I know y'all uh huh. <laughs> I know y'all do the, the books and the editing and all that. Um uh-huh. but when can we A see uh Lisha, you write a, you wrote a book, so come on, get to write a movie. And then B um <laughs> you ladies now listen, listen, listen. I'm about to tell you, I'm about to tell you no, 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 I'm about to I'm about to I'm about to shoot you a good gold nugget. You ladies, um, whether y'all write it and put it in a movie or if somebody out there listening they can put it in a movie, y'all um y'all blog show like have it part of a movie. Just you know, small little 'cause y'all 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 do an awesome job, y'all know that. <laughs> they, <laughs> they, always that. Us. they do. She always supports yeah, us, and we love her. Too. And I do, yeah, uh, I do a little bit of everything. I've and T, you know, T is that hardcore editor. So if you need an editor, T got the eyes. She can edit the script. Yes, you can. See, I said it. Cool. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, I actually did write in an anthology, and then I have a book that's coming out at the top of the year. But I'm, uh, I have Hardcore Grind magazine that I'm want to put into print by the end of the year. So I thank you, Stacey. I put that on my bucket list. Yep. I'm going to be in y'all um, studio audience on the uh, on the set, so just let them know. <laughs> you got to put her up front. She got to be in Because I'm going to be like, yes, be. girl! 
Yeah, why not, why so not many... turn it into a film? Exactly. But we've had why so many guests on the show that we, uh-huh. we, we pitched it, but I don't think anybody really caught it, at least, because we pitched it a number of times. You know, we could do yeah, a we talk show within say. a show. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We, yeah. we pitched it, we but nobody had picked up services. on it. <laughs> well, y'all hey, well, I'm here job. to help in any way I can. I'm here but to help in any way I can. When y'all get off your list, I'm going to call you. I just had something hit my head. I'm not going to put it out. I feel All like right. that. I'm, and then you tell Tony about it. But, you know, I have a lot of clients. You know, I have clients that I work with that, especially authors that want to turn their books into a movie. You know, and they want to, they uh-huh. have maybe a script because every, every, and I'm going to say this, don't send me no emails. Every author <laughs> is not meant to write a book. Sometimes your writing skill is yeah. to write a script or a play. Um, and, it, and that <laughs> will make that writing process come easy because writing a book is different. I got a story I hear that so many times and sometimes your story may not meant to be a book it may, may be meant to be on the screen uh-huh mm-hmm. so true it's out there <laughs> Well, well, hey, if you want to do it, yeah. You know, you got one thing about us, man, as a people, we, I I heard heard somebody say this before. They said the people with the best ideas are in the graveyard. True. Y'all understand that? People with the best ideas are in the graveyard because we come up with so much, so many ideas, but a lot of people Mm -hmm. never follow through on it. And mm-hmm. then they end up dying, and nobody's ever going to get to see or hear what they had that they talked about for so long doing, but never go after it and try to get it done. So true. So you can put so you know, you, uh, uh, Go ahead. Go that's ahead. Why, um, my, my, my bishop, I, he, I listen, I'm all the way in Indy. He's going to always be my bishop in Dayton, Ohio, Terry Glenn. He always say, got mm-hmm. empty. Die empty. You don't want to die full. So that yeah. that right. back off of what you said, Daryl. You know, you want to make yeah. sure whatever it is, you know, that you 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 want to do, empty it out. Die empty. Absolutely. Absolutely. And and this is the thing when uh, God created you, He spoke He spoke into you. So that means that yeah. you're here mm-hmm. for a purpose, and you have to have right. move with purpose and intent. And and that's in everything that we do. You know, there is a reason. And I was listening to a show uh, on uh, Clubhouse with uh, Lizeal and uh-huh. Sean Sinclair and uh, Al Sadiq Banks was on there. And he actually was the one that said, um, I'm selling a brand. I'm not selling a book. So he moved mm-hmm. a little differently because his brand consists of more than just books. Your brand has to consist in more than just that one thing that you got going on. And, I mean, movies, clothes, you see how artists, they branch out and do so many different But we expect people to stay in a box. But if you allow people to keep you in a box, you'll never get where you want to go. Exactly. But we so appreciate you, Stacey. You know, I love you. 
Daryl, you are welcome. When you are ready, let me know. We will put you back on the show. Thank let me you. know when you're coming into Atlanta. And we'll I love sure to, will. Uh, sure do uh, the red carpet for your show there. I appreciate you guys. Mm-hmm. We want you to shout out your social Absolutely. media for all of those that want to hit you up. They might have questions. You might have other services to offer. Okay, mine is just Daryl T. Easily. Um, my email is Daryl T. Easily at yahoo.com. That's D-A-R-R-Y-L dot E-A-S-L-E-Y at Yahoo. And my Facebook is Daryl T. Easily, D-A-R-R-Y-L T. Easily. And the same as far as um, Instagram at Daryl T. Easily. And like I said, thank you guys for having me, man. Y'all had some great questions, man. I really loved it. And definitely going to get with you guys when we get to Atlanta next month. Awesome. Well, we appreciate well, you. T, T is in Go New ahead, York. Stacey. So when you, when you get to New York, let us know. Oh, okay. T is in New York. Cool. I'm, yes, in I'm in Atlanta and T is in New York. Okay. Go ahead, Stacey. You got to show yours out because you, like say, you're one of the best promoters out here. So do your thing. Oh, uh, thank you. Um, Facebook, Stacey Johnson. Um, Instagram, I'm under um, Mo underscore Red underscore Production. Um, Twitter, same thing, Mo Red Production. And then I also have, of course, two um, business pages on Facebook, Mo Red Production LLC. I don't think I put the LLC on it. Mo Red Production and also CEO, Creators, Entrepreneurs, Owners. And I thank you. Alicia and Tony, I love y'all to life. Thank y'all for continuing to do what y'all do, and you do it so well. Thank you so very much. We appreciate it. And we will talk to you guys soon. Have a great evening. Have a great evening. evening. Yes, so very welcome. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Great show, T. Great show. Y'all make sure y'all if you're just tuned in, yes, if you're just tuning in and you are late, head over to uh, blogtalk.com. You can also catch us on iHeartRadio, on iTunes. Uh, we appreciate you, and we will see you guys next time. Next time. Have a great evening. Good night.